Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 181, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Man, I've got starting off with a bubble here. <clears throat> a.k.a. Uh, that baby's disgusting. Uh, that is courtesy of Pick Last and Zeit Class and my three-year-old. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Who thinks 90-day fiancé slaps? Who twists up some nice blunt raps? Me do, me do. Uh. Who smokes weed and games at night? Who lives that mofongo life? Me do, <laughs> me do. All right. You know, we're talking with stone cutters and the, the discord went off. Shout out to Hank Scipio. Hank, shout out to Rory the Scrivener for putting that one together for me. Made me Beauty. laugh. Beauty. So kind of fucked up the rhythm. Miles, we are fortunate, thrilled, overwhelmed to be joined in our third seat, completely unworthy, Mm -mm. by the brilliant, the talented Roy Wood Jr. Hey, 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 hey. Well, hello. Well, welcome, welcome. Who is that with noisy child? Who has child won't shut the fuck up? (laughs) Me do. (laughs) How old's your child? (laughs) <laughs> he's four. I'm being a mean father. I don't. Yeah, think yeah, yeah. I love him, and he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blah, Is, blah, do you have those blah. moments where you? I'm Jack as well. Like where your comedy brain and your parent brain come at odds, where you're like, I can't let this lyric go. And I'm gonna say something like this yeah. pussy ass kid won't shut the fuck. I'm like, but I love him. But I also yeah. had to do the bit. Oh, but I can't. <laughs> you know why? You have to say that disclaimer at the end of a kid joke, right? Because right. some people. What do you mean? Is it worth the disclaimer? Yeah. <laughs> It uh, is because also we're the first generation where our kids will be able to like. There's a whole digital log of everything I've ever said about him. Yeah, right. yeah. And I don't want him to stumble across this episode and just hear me go. He won't shut the fuck up. And then right. he has to see the therapist. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> no, like, I love you. There's that Michael Keaton movie, My Life, where he is about to die and like his wife's pregnant. I think, or like they have a infant. And so he like records a bunch of home video. I I could die now. Like I could die and have eight more kids and like they'd be fine because they could just put together like they could black mirror a version of me with all the shit that we've recorded on this. They could totally program a robot that would say we're not my same thoughts. Yeah, that's a very good point, Miles. Mm -hmm. Well, they could deep fake a robot with your face by the time your kid is 20. Right. Yeah. He just know me as a zoo as dad on Zoom. Yeah, and to your point about this generation of kids, like we we don't. There's very few times we could present receipts to our parents about how they fucked us up. Like, right? Literally, <laughs> like here's the fucking audio tape of what you said. Funny. It's always like, no, oh, you're not remembering cold. that right. And yeah, now it's like, yeah. um, I was listening to episode three forty eight of your podcast that you used to do forty years ago. What were right. you saying about me? <laughs> our parents are literally a mystery. Like yeah. anything younger than age six, you just I don't fucking know. your parents all have like eight photos that confirm previous moments before you yeah (laughs) that's all they got for you right 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 (laughs) and they're so good at editing the like unuseful memories out of like they're like nah that never happened actually i don't i don't remember that and you were a dumb kid so i'm gonna go with my memory over over yours (laughs) 
All right, Roy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the Chauvin reactions yesterday, put that in a little more context and how they're criminalizing protest. We're going to talk about whether Quibi is back. Fingers crossed. Somehow. We're going to talk about some new frat sickles that are hitting the market. Uh, the oldster fashion takeover that's happening. All of that, plenty more. But first, Roy, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? You know, I'm going to give you something even better than that. I'm going to give you my YouTube recently watched videos. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. I will not give you Pornhub, Thank but you. Okay. I will give you recently watched videos. YouTube is where I go for tutorials just to learn how to do stuff. How to Stop Internet Explorer from Redirecting to Microsoft Edge. Helping my girl with that. Okay. Wow. Internet Explorer. Is Lionel Richie's girlfriend too young for him? I don't know why I clicked that, but I did. Ah, they're good. MLB 21 wrote to the show. I just bought that, so I watch all of the gamers play the game that I'm about to play. Okay. So I can have a little bit more familiarity about that. Uh, a gang of black women comedians. Um, I'm starting to get back out on the road, so I'm trying to figure out who's funny out there, mm. and you know, you know, get to working with some new people. I like new new faces Absolutely. on the road with me. It's how I stay fresh. The Bee Gees, you should be dancing. 1976 version, high quality audio. <laughs> Damn, that's eclectic. It's not like a uh, single thread that you're following through <laughs> right. there. That's like that's like I, your day. I could screen grab this. I could screen grab this. The, the, the YouTube video I listened to right after the Bee Gees, Three Six Mafia popping my collar instrumental. <laughs> oh, the instrumental. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I am deep into hip hop instrumentals, especially South shit from the '90s because I'm right. from Alabama. So that's like the soundtrack of my childhood, bro. I mean, so were you just, you put the beat on and you gave yourself your own, never since I can't remember, I've been popping my oh, collar, popping, popping my, like. <laughs> so good. You hip hop instrumentals, that's when you really start appreciating the little nuances in mm. production. To me, Manny Fresh is the master of random laser. Right. <laughs> like just, just weird pum pum shit happening underneath the little wayne verse from 1998 and the shit is amazing like, yeah it is a thousand percent amazing but that's pretty much what it is um a gang of comedians uh, a lot of gospel music and rap instrumentals Damn. that's pretty much how i roll Damn. i like it I, I i wish that it was something more weird no that's perfect no i think it, that's a glimpse because sometimes he'll just be like i don't know measuring tape i'm moving <laughs> and you're like okay right. uh-huh next <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then there's also a run of slavery movie videos that I was watching. Um, mm. I'm working on a bit about white people who played slave masters in black, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Struggle movies, right? Yeah. Because I, I have when I'm workshopping a joke, I have to beta test the thread of it. it the The theory has to hold water first before right. I can explore the funny, right? So I have to like dig in a crate and find the most iconic white actors being horrible and figure out which one was the best. <laughs> right. like, like the DJ premiere of looking for white savior and white demon portrayals in film, just well, dusty fingers the, going through the crates. The theory of the bit is that no white person ever gets nominated for awards for playing a slave master. Right. 
Mm. Because the assumption is that there wasn't much of a transformation that had to take place. <laughs> they didn't have to <laughs> work that hard. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it, I, I'm not going to bore you with the nuts and bolts of a comedy joke that I haven't even proven it's funny yet, but that's pretty much what's in my history and a gang of Cubs highlights. So, yeah. No, grateful for the glimpse into your progress, though, for sure. Wait, for and with MLB The Show, I used to like to play a lot of baseball games. But like over the years, I think there was about a five year gap where I missed a game and I came back in and the batting was so complex for me. I was like, OK, this it's left. You've got to go back. That It's like that's why I don't fuck with 2K. I don't play NBA 2K for right. the same reason. I don't have time to learn this analog shooting shit. I'm sorry. And right. then if I try to switch it to button mode, apparently that's like having the bumpers up at a bowling alley and people <laughs> clown you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm used to holding the button and releasing at the height. To get my shot off. Yeah. Right. Like, that's what I do. The show the show makes it hard. It's like Apple. When you update your Mac or your iPhone, you have to go through the settings to find the way your shit used to be. Right. To mm-hmm. put it back like that. But no, the show the show is great, man. That but then I also never took that five year gap that you're talking about. When NBA Live, when they start making NBA Lives, I think oh seven, oh eight ish, somewhere in there. I stopped mm-hmm. playing basketball games because right. 2K came in with the stick and I was like, fuck you. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, I'll just start playing Call of Duty now. Right. <laughs> and I just shifted <laughs> to RPGs and stuff like that. Right. But no, that's yeah. it. That's why I just per- like NBA Street will just sort of be at the height for me. I'm like, yep, we perfected NBA Jam with Street and I can always hop back into that and still feel literate. Ronnie Chang showed me. Like of all of the slick shit that I've learned in my life, Ronnie Chang showed me those emulators and how to put nin- classic Nintendo and Sega Genesis games on your MacBook for right. free. Wow! And playing with a PlayStation, con- I was like, dude, I may not need a PS Five. Right? Yeah. I'll go back and play some old school MVP baseball from O two with Manny Ramirez on the cover. And- <laughs> I'm happy. Right. It'll throw you off because, you know, the rosters are a little weird. David (laughs) Ortiz is still playing, but fun is fun. Right, right, right. The uh, Griffey baseball is where my uh, is where my baseball game knowledge ends. How how does that stack up? That was Super Nintendo, right? Not good. Not good. Nintendo's (laughs) always been terrible for sports. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo has always been terrible. Nah, I don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't say terrible. They appeal to a different personality of sport fan where this is fun and more arcade style. Yeah. I want to control the price of the fucking hot dogs during spring. (laughs) Exactly. You're firing people because you don't like their call. You can. Bro, I fired my pitching coach in the middle of the season one year on the show. Because you can. Yeah. Shit ain't working out. Yeah. I'm definitely in that bucket of like, I didn't get on the basketball team when I thought I should have energy. And now I'm using <laughs> video games to explore that and exercise those demons. So I, I do like the the more simulator type things. That's fair. Roy, what That's is something you think fair. is overrated? Mm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it. I'd, I've gone back and forth about whether or not this is what I was going to bring up. Bring I it. believe that New York City pizza is overrated. Hmm. Okay. It's floppy thin crust. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's floppy thin crust pizza. 
Um, the sauce to cheese ratio is not as good as a traditional pan or a deep dish. Okay. Um, I say this as a full card carrying member of Team Detroit style and Team Chicago style pizza. Um, I know pizza is one of those serious things that Americans tend mm-hmm. to draw the line, you know, with yeah. each other on. But I'm sorry. I just maybe I, maybe I'm just a basic bitch who was raised on Pizza Hut in the South and I don't know no better. Mm. So maybe my palate isn't refined enough. But the way people go, it's a slice of New York pizza and it's just <laughs> so nothing beats a slice. I can name five <laughs> things right now. <laughs> What uh trash this slice of pizza. I do wonder if your like the specific chain that was like your go-to growing up uh affects like what your high-end taste in pizza ends up being. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great observation. I grew yeah. up on Pizza Hut uh hand toss, mm. which is the closest you'll get to a Chicago style. And also keep in mind, I came up in a time, I'm 42 for the listeners. I came up in a time where Pizza Hut was upper crust. Yeah. There was there was no delivery. Mm-hmm. Literally, Pizza Hut did not deliver. Motherfucker, you have to come here and sit the fuck down. Right, right. If you want this pizza. Drink from those frosted and, glass red yeah, plastic cups. Red cups yep. Yeah. And so the rise of Domino's, the rise of Little Caesars, and, you know, Pizza Hut had to eventually give in and start delivering. So they had to make the pizzas faster to meet demand and the quality then got a little shaky. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 a fair observation because that's what I always ran with. Did you fuck with uh, Pizza yeah. Hut's thin crust? No, yeah. no, I was never. Pizza Hut I, I, that's when I diverged from Pizza Hut and went full Domino's all the time. That's probably the only thing that me and my girl kind of. You know, there's 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 disagreements in any relationship. And then right. there's the ones where, you know, wow, this is just a for real impasse. Right. She likes thin crust pizza. Yeah. OK, fine. But then, <laughs> but then she has such an eclectic palate. That she'll get all this shit on the pizza. And then these motherfuckers are rushing the pizza out the oven. So the crust on the bottom isn't sturdy enough to hold yeah. a mushroom, an onion, a green pepper, and a chive. All this sh- it's too much shit on it, and it's good, but this isn't for thin. Th- you have a hand tossed palate, and I can't get that through to her. Like you need a sturdier <laughs> crust foundation to right. uphold all of the different flavors that your palate demands. But she just likes the flakiness of the thin crust and it's all flimsy. It's like New York pizza with two more extra pounds of shit on the top. Mm. And I don't know. And it's too floppy. It's like a wet paper towel at the end of the day. And you don't want that. Mm. Yeah, I I think, Jack, your thing holds up because I remember the March Madness basketball that would come uh, from Pizza Hut in the early 90s. And now you demand all your pizza comes with a basketball. With a basketball and the box to be so greasy that it it can barely function as a box to hold a pizza. Like that's definitely because I will always I always love a greasy ass pan pizza from uh, Pizza Hut. But yeah, I don't think I I think over the years of just hearing people argue so much over pizza. I'm just like, man, fuck saying whatever is good. If you like whatever the fuck you like, like fine. But also I'll say what I like. And I'll say what I don't like, but to act like, no, it's just hard to rank at the end of the day. Like it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a fool's errand to try and really say one is better than the other. I feel like, cause it's just, 
No one's going to agree. I don't know if it's still open post-COVID, but there was a Chicago-style spot in New York City in the village, uh, well, near the village, called Emmett's. It's the only place in New York where you can get a Chicago-style deep dish proper. Like, mm. you've got to wait 45 minutes for that thing. And I went and got one, and I brought it to the comedy cellar to eat before the show. Like, that was going to be my thing. And I got heckled out of... The, like, like my other comedians, right? I got. How dare you eat Chicago style in a New York legendary establishment? I'm like, you motherfuckers don't even have pizza on the menu. You literally don't even sell it, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so what the fuck is gonna do? Yeah, so you know it is what it is. Uh, uh, but yeah, I just, I just think, I think New York. I, I just think it's overrated. Mm. I'm not saying I wouldn't eat it in a drunken pinch. But stop acting like this is the measuring stick by which to measure all pizza. Right. I'll, I'll also eat a Little Caesars hot and ready yeah. in its entirety. I, I have no palate. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> right. Save Just your emails. I'm not going to reply. Right. <laughs> oh, a listener said, have you ever got a crazy seasoning on your pizza at Little Caesars? No. They will turn. If you ask I'm them. listening. They will turn up your hot and ready with the crazy bread seasoning. They'll be like, oh, you want us to dust it with it? And now you've got a fucking hybrid hot and ready crazy bread pizza. Whoa. I mean, that sounds like what Domino's did to turn up their pizza a little bit. Yeah, but they'll do it all up, like the whole fucking thing. So that's tick. Yeah, that's why I like when Zeitgang comes through and like, you ever get it with the crazy season? I'm like, thank you so much for giving me the imagination to envision a better You want to talk about some underrated grab-and-go pizza? Uh, It's Hungry Howie's. They're a southern chain. Mm. I think they're sprinkled around the Midwest song, but they have four flavored crusts that they pedal. Oh, shit. So they do the pizza, they hand sauce that thing, and then they brush it with the butter cheese sauce. Oh. And now you have a butter cheese crust and your fingers taste delicious on top of it. I I could talk pizza all day, dude. Oh, I love it. I also love a pizza go. chain that sounds like a pizza chain in a movie. Hungry yeah. Howie's just sounds completely made up. <laughs> right. And it's that's awesome. Oh, also fuck pretzel bagels from Faneuil Hall in Boston. Too thick, <laughs> too big. Well, it's no, Boston. Not a, Boston's usually very no. even-minded about any criticism about any of their cultural yeah. institutions, so you should yeah, be fine. Let me stop. <laughs> it's not that it's nasty. It's just it's too it's too tall. Right. Yeah. Like okay. you have to have a porn jaw to open right. wide enough. Like you have to unhinge like a fucking boa constrictor to take a price. so you can never get an even bite because that's why when people have these fucking burgers that this is the big super duper turkey bacon beef burger and we deep front <laughs> you can't bite it bro so right, you're right. never getting all the flavors at once yeah mm. but it's meat mountain and you'll yeah. prove to your stepfather you are tough man versus food i'm taking <laughs> on food and then after three seasons i'm like fuck that shit i want to yeah. live yeah i mean get somebody else to host this shit <laughs> my, doctor, my doctor and family begged me to stop <laughs> I know I I know I got his friends with him. He's like a really cool dude. And, and I wondered that the first season of Man vs. Food, how long can he do this? Yeah. Right. How long and, and I know they, they would shoot the show in like like I guess like over the course of two months, shoot the whole thing. And then the other ten months of the year, this guy fucking eats pitcher of health. He's fucking exercising because right. he knows <laughs> two months a year I might die. Right. <laughs> so, 
there are moments when you'll see him mid challenge and he'll give a like his eyes will meet the camera and you're like, oh, this person's drowning. <laughs> He's lost. Yeah. And He's then they're just... like, but no, he he found a way to get right back in it. But wow. yeah, I mean, Adam, please, please stay safe. How disappointed would you be if you were a fan of man versus food and then you saw that guy out in the off season? You're like, Come on, man, let's eat some record, record ribs with me. <laughs> right. and like sitting there with some kombucha and some tempeh bacon, right? Whatever that <laughs> fake bacon shit is, really? be crushed. It'd be like the time I saw Too Short in the airport holding hands with his girlfriend. <laughs> was, Did you really? I'm I'm pro love. I'm 100 yeah, percent yeah. pro love. It's just not the brand. But when you know Too Short's brand, yeah. right? And then you just see him, and he was like carrying her bag. Like it was cool to see. Yeah, was like, yeah. wow, yeah. this dude's a gentleman. But then there's a party and it goes, wait a minute, Santa's not real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I thought you were up. But it's funny, though, too, when he's like, oh, yeah, that's all just performance art. And you're right. like, but, right. oh, short. Okay. But, but you, what's crazy, I could have taken a picture of two short holding hands and that would have been like the biggest scandal in black Twitter. <laughs> right. <in> three days. <laughs> How dare Too you? short be holding hands. Man, everything is a lie. This is all bullshit. <laughs> the fucking astronaut <laughs> meme where it's like. Too too short is a, it respects the ladies like always has you know <laughs> always is <laughs> uh, Roy what's something you think is underrated do mm. do I, do I want to say therapy or do I want to say bike riding oh mm. <laughs> you know it's underrated calling motherfuckers you ain't talked to in a long time mm. like that's one. Mm-hmm. find every week find 15 minutes for someone you haven't talked to in a year that's i've got a that's, list like 15 long. i'm sorry to get deep like that no but no, no seriously like that's that's where i am and it's probably been the coolest thing to just talk and just reconnect with people and you know just try to be some degree of human yeah. If you will, I know it's a hassle. I know it's a pain in the ass. So do it while you do other things. Right. Like that's my thing while I'm playing something brainless, you know, doing PlayStation or whatever. Or if I'm at the park watching my boy, he's out there with his friends. So all I have to do is look at him and make sure he's not snatched or hurt. Right. Right. So that's the perfect time to call an old classmate from somewhere. And so, you know, that's, that's the type of stuff that I like to do. And I'm finally realizing, Oh wow, this is meaningful and life is precious. Yeah. Mm. Especially. Yeah. Like being locked down and stuff and not really having the same sort of social connections. It's funny too, because there are times I would get a call from somebody who was doing that to me. They're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit miles up and I'll see a name come up. Like, fuck, I haven't talked to this person in fucking a year. And I was like sweating Almost yeah. because you, you're like, fuck, what am I going to say? Like, what the, we don't have this awkward conversation. What do they want from yeah. me? And then you I pick up just... and it's like, we, it's like we left off exactly where we were, however long ago it was. And it, we, we spoke for 40 thing. minutes straight because it was so effortless. Yeah. And you, and that's, that was one of those moments too. I was like, fuck, man, I'm out here creating stress about this when it's actually such a like rejuvenating thing to even begin talking yeah. to your friends again or even people like you're saying that you haven't spoken to in a while. Yeah, definitely. Now be gives careful. You Some life. of them motherfuckers want money. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, this person had more money than me. So I was like, mm, I'll ask them for money. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to try and just listen to you talk. I'm going to, the next time I'm thinking of interacting with a bunch of people I don't know, 
like on Twitter, like posting something on Twitter, reading a bunch of tweets, I'm going to call somebody I do know or used to know. Because, yeah, yeah, it definitely gives you life uh, as opposed to slowly sapping your will to live. Yeah. Twitter does sometimes. (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to be right back to talk some news. And we're back, uh, and we've had a day and a half of uh, reactions to the Chauvin verdict, and also as the verdict was coming in, the police in Columbus, Ohio, killed another black child, like within moments of the of the verdict being read out loud. So just a mix of horrible shit white supremacy uh all all over the place but yeah it was a relief to and also kind of upsetting that it was such a relief that they got got it right but at the same time there's just like so much shit on display nancy pelosi just not knowing what oh god she basically said I mean, for people who don't know, she said, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life, your life. for right. this to happen. Floyd's girlfriend came out and said something similar not too long after that. Right. I can't remember where she said it, but like, I'm hoping that they just poorly worded their statement. Right. That Because George Floyd didn't wake up that morning. I'm going to die for the culture. Yep. No. <laughs> Josh Floyd woke up to right. go mind his fucking business. And regardless of what he was under suspicion of, he didn't deserve to die. No. Period. To the Nancy Pelosi thing, I don't think it was poorly worded. I think that really underlined just sort of how the Democrats move, which is just sort of like, you know, it was, essentially she was saying it's going to take a lot more bodies for us right. to give a fuck because she's sort of she's connecting the fact that George Floyd had to die on video in order for them to muster the semblance of courage to begin to address this like form of sh- shitty policing that we have. And it, it's, it's, it's almost as if like it absolves them of responsibility as legislators to say, thank you, George Floyd. Uh, because like you helped push things a little bit more than like we were willing to as, as politicians too. Yay. We got one. And right. all it took was video evidence a whole fucking summer of uprisings and movements and the fucking police chief himself testifying and right. we got him. And you right. know what? He still might not only get seven or eight years. Right. That's the other thing that's wild is that first you march for transparency. Then you march for cameras then you march for arrests next you have to march to try and get sentences yeah and i think that's the thing that's really infuriating is that when you look at when you look at what happened you know with the chauvin verdict and then to immediately see what happened in columbus ohio it's a reminder that there isn't a lot that you should be celebrating right Mm -hmm. just yet yeah because the yeah. system is still the same regardless. And the way we are defining crime and safety is still the same and police is still the same. And it just it it sucks 
uh, to just think that like a lot of the sentiment, especially from the media, like Kristen Bell, who's like, finally, we can breathe a sigh of relief. Something right happened today. Like this idea that like, hooray, we won. That's right. not nobody fucking won. And when I feel like, again, because the media for people who are just tuning into CNN or MSNBC or anything like that, it should the, the, what they should be saying is it is now so painfully clear that our system isn't just ill equipped to solve this problem. It, in fact, itself is the problem. Right. And this is why it's so exhausting, because it has been so painfully clear for a really long time now. And like you're saying, Roy. The only reason this happened is because the whole thing was on tape. The whole that, thing was yeah. on tape. Otherwise, we would have had to put that on the pile of many other deaths that have occurred that unfortunately were not captured in HD for the entirety of Correct. someone's life ending. And that's what's really fucked up. The Minneapolis Police Department report on the murder that went around, like a lot of people were reposting this, but it is just wild to look at it. Like it, it just describes it. Man dies after medical incident during police interaction. Like literally so many things had to go right. Like that if that video didn't exist, that none of none of this happens. It that's just that. gets swept under the that's rug. That's that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One oh. down, three to go. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. I didn't watch any of the coverage. Like I just like I know you work at a daily show and you're supposed to like watch the news and all of that stuff, but I was like, mm, I think mm. Trevor's got this one. Yeah. I'm watching <laughs> right. this one yeah, to really. try and figure out any indignation or outrage or anything that, that I can put together. That's the that's the one thing that I do love about being a correspondent is that if I want to, I can just fucking unplug from the horror of today and focus my attentions on the solutions. What's happening to change this? What are people doing? Because there's comedy in the solutions because there's optimism. Right. So if there's optimism, then there's an opportunity to find a joke or two. So for me, I'd rather swim in those waters and do a ride along with Klepper about police bias or walk the streets of Chicago on the South side to show that black people actually do care about black on black violence. Like to me, that's more where my head starts to turn mm -hmm. you right. know, and looking at stuff, you know, like, the one thing I have been clocking is I think it's 34 states now that are starting to put anti-protest laws on the books and yep. are attaching it to, I mean, you all can fact check this, but I think they're basically you won't be eligible for student loans and federal grants and unemployment benefits, and, food stamps, public housing. Yeah. Like in Florida, they'll just say they'll take all your shit away for trying to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah. No, it's true. And I think even to your point, like the the segment that you did going to Chicago with that group of people who were intervening in neighborhoods, that the point was clear in that it's not about the idea of that people want to be uh, engaging in criminality. It's that there isn't support. There are no options. And the way we are looking at how we keep people safe isn't because we have more armed goons on the street is because we're able to nope. provide people opportunities to live as they deserve to, to have opportunity and not to resort to these other kinds of things. And it's that simple, but we're still sort of like locked in this mentality of like, well, what are we going to stop spending money on these like vests and shit? <laughs> like, right. yeah, exactly. But we're, I think just societally, we're not able to see like, no, you see, we have to turn this whole industry off to be able to like 
take all that revenue or capital and move it into something that's actually restorative. Um, and we're just unfortunately don't have the imagination for that still, at least at a critical mass level. Yeah. Yeah. That Columbus cop who, you know, murdered a 15 year old girl, shot her four times in an altercation that like could it with courage and like willingness to put themselves like slightly in harm's way, like could have been like that. That's, that's the thing that frustrates me is that the, white supremacists like Tucker Carlson and they always paint the police as like courageous and putting their body in harm's way to do their job. And like, that's, that's not what you see when, when yeah. you actually see the details, you you see them standing 10 feet away and firing four shots at a child to, to stop them yeah. instead of, you know, just jumping in there. Yeah. I think that there's this weird collective grouping of cops that other jobs don't get. You know, it's like no matter what, they're all heroes and good, even though these are there's there's clearly a systemic issue. But nope, we cannot acknowledge that because the good outweighs the bad. Well, how do you measure bad? Right. Is that that's and I think that's the question that, you know, collectively people refuse to ask, which is why the same day that a cop is convicted of killing someone on tape, you also have back the blue trending on Twitter. Yeah. Everybody's picked a team and they're in common decency is the thing that should always be looked at first before you pick a side. Yeah. So dug in. And while, you know, it's if it's not George Floyd and it, or Breonna Taylor, who still uh, waiting to see any form of accountability there. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be Micaiah Bryant. And that's why, you know, it, the idea that we can reform a system like this is just so absurd. Like, you don't reform a malignant tumor. You remove it. Mm-hmm. You don't figure out how to do solutions like let's fund the tumor less. No, you need to get rid of it. If we can acknowledge what it's doing. And how insidious it is, then we're, it's, it's incumbent on us to be responsible enough to look at it objectively. Like, I think we actually have to rethink that. But again, that's a huge shift. And that's why now the white supremacy has to now rally around itself in the forms. As you're saying, 34 states have introduced 81 anti-protest bills in 2021 in this legislative session. That's more than twice as many as any other year. And we're only in April. So that's the response now is to say, okay, because the logic for them is, well, the reason the reason Derek Chauvin went to jail is because the uprisings over the summer created an angry mob, which is now bullying the country into sacrificing well-intentioned police officers to the wolves, to the outrage community. And therefore, their strategy is now say, well, then we now we have to take away the ability to protest um, right. in this way. That's yeah. literally Here's what Tucker Carlson playing. said, right? Yeah, that that was Tucker's logic last night. Yeah. And then Candace Owens had to come on to yes and that in a wonderful mm-hmm. improv scene. Um, it was just really some <laughs> other shit. And like, you know, you look at what's happening, like in Oklahoma and Iowa, they're passing bills to grant immunity to drivers whose vehicles strike and injure protesters in public streets. You right. know, there's in Indiana, there's a there's a proposal saying if you're convicted of unlawful assembly, you can't be employed by the state. You can't hold office. There's a Minnesota bill that's on the books that they're trying to get passed that says if you're convicted of this kind of protesting, you won't get loans or unemployment or housing. So it's it's clearly targeted. 
at people right. of color and working people and people who are more than more most likely to want to get out and advocate for themselves. Then, um, yeah, it's just yeah. watching this all ebb and flow. Which is why all of those down the ballot elections matter. Mm-hmm. That's why all of that fixation yeah. on presidential stuff really doesn't do it justice in terms of exactly what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of the things that affect you, you know, on the day to day. Right. Yeah. And this is, yeah, well, we're, I think, again, looking at now, ugh, just always thinking of having the federal things at the top of mind, not realizing that that's it's all the state legislative and municipality legislators that are the ones that are truly like shaping what your day to day actual experience is like the people in the community you're in is by those people. And yeah, it's just a shame now to see like how many also police chiefs are saying like, yeah, well, you know that it shows that the legal system works. Like right. that's been the sort of through line. And it's like, oh, yeah, man. Alex Villanueva, the head of uh, the L.A. Sheriff Department came, came through with the see, we told you justice works. And he yeah, uh, there's the, a gang problem in your department, in, in your department. They're in, in there are sheriff's gangs. <laughs> and the, the reporter Literally. who's been reporting on it has to wear a bulletproof vest now because she's getting yeah. bo- death threats because she bothered to report on these gangs. That exists in the sheriff's department. Yeah, Cerise like, Castle, who was on Daily Zeitgeist a couple weeks ago, she also went to a press conference with uh, her credentials and was arrested for not having her credentials by the sheriff's department uh, and or t- detained and then let go. But, you know, the right. message was clear. Just harassment. Mm. Yeah. Because, they, again, I think in that I think it's indicative and what. What they mean, because a lot of statements, too, from police unions, like, well, policing as we know it is on the line. Yeah, right. good. What? I mean, good. that's. But like, I don't, but let's be real. Like, is it is there the will uh, of the like leadership in this country to change it like that? TBD. Uh, all right. Let's take another quick break and we'll be right back to talk about Quibi. <laughs> Segway. Segway. <Quibs. laughs> And we're back. And speaking of things that bite, I don't know. Quick bites. Quick uh, bites. Quick bites. Quibby uh, is back. I Are just, we? I'm just bringing this up because it's really about what Quibby cost and then what they just sold everything for. Because Roku, who makes like TV, you know, Roku and all those little adapter yeah, sticks and all that yeah. shit, they bought all of the Quibby content. And they're like sort of repurposing it as Roku originals and they're making their own like streaming content or whatever. But the reason I was like reading about it, because this was, this was announced back, back in January that Roku might come through with it. Quibi cost $1.75 billion. Okay. That's how much this. they put into production. That's what they've been spending. That's what, that's how much they raised oh. to get com- Quibi completed, launched off the ground, oh. marketed everything. $1.75 billion. Okay, and this shit only lasted a couple months. The Wall Street Journal, there's a thing saying they sold it to Roku, quote, for significantly less than one hundred million dollars. So let's assume that's what, 60 million. That feels like it's got to come back because Roku trying to flip that hundo. Right. Right. (laughs) And now that's a 95 percent loss for Quibi. I just love that. I I just love that shit. 
1.75. Like, yeah. fuck, man, will you pay 50 for it? I don't know, man, please. Ugh. <laughs> I think that Quibi has an opportunity to come back because it was an app that was for the commuter mm-hmm. and for people in the office sneaking and streaming at their desk. Commuting went away and office work went away. Mm-hmm. So you're dead. Then they had that stupid tech thing where you couldn't watch the shit on a laptop or a TV. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Perfect. And by the time they lifted that embargo, it was too late. My fuckers was on life support. So, <laughs> you know, it was a done deal. Vaccines flowing. What did Joe Biden say this week? 200 million got the shot. Mm-hmm. Or two hundred two hundred million shots. I don't. You know what? Let, let me take that back. Maybe they might be padding the stats over there because <laughs> two hundred shots. It's technically a hundred vaccinated because you get two shots. So you counting right. both shots, Joe Biden. Anyway, my fuckers are going back outside again. So if people are going back outside again, then I think that there's a chance that Quibi could come back. Also, the other thing that's happened in the same time, pretty much every streamer has raised their price or is planning to raise their mm-hmm. price. And Quibi has enough star power. I don't, I only watched, the only thing I watched on Quibi was Chrissy Teigen's courtroom show. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like her. She's cool. Mm-hmm. And then there was a movie they had like a movie that was split up into like seven minute parts. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I, like I made it through 30 minutes of that. And like, that was it. Like I didn't really watch anything else over there. So yeah. I think if they come back cheap and they come back with names, they have a chance. But I think that's the problem is they wasted all that money and they sold all the IP. So they, I don't know what happens. Katzenberg is going to have to, I don't know, he'll take us do another round of fundraising to try and get all that money going. But yeah, it was interesting because I think the one thing that they did have was like the aspect ratio of going from vertical to horizontal and stuff. And that would give you new things. I think that was legitimately an interesting thing. But yeah, to your point, like people also want to watch shit on a computer or a TV or whatever. And when you have stars you're used to seeing on that format. All right, I rotate my phone. I can see more of the room that the actors are talking in. That, to me, was like, okay, that's cool, but it still boils down to what's the story on the screen. It's like a porn (laughs) But it rotates, Roy. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can see you around the corner now. (laughs) Oh, it's a bigger conference room than I thought. (laughs) That part was cool, but... I root for it to do well because the more places there are for content yeah. stories to be told, the yep. more opportunities I have to get a check. Exactly. I've always <laughs> been rooting for it. There's so many talented people who are getting paid, uh, who are, you know, drinking up that 1.75 billion. Oh, I just, yeah. it is also such a perfect example of like executive overreach and just putting one idea an executive had before any of the many, many things that you have to do to make something work. They were like, well, people people like short stuff. Uh, and then, you know, meanwhile, YouTube is trending longer and longer. And Netflix, like the thing people are addicted to is like s- streaming shows that like keep you glued to your TV Infinitely. until five in the morning. Like it was just, I remember that like when the 
web, like when putting content online first started, people were like, it's got to be 30 seconds or less uh, or else nobody's going to watch it. And like they just stopped thinking about it at that point. They were like, all right, we got to we got to make it bite sized content uh, for anybody to consume it in this fast paced world. And people are like, no, we we want relief from this fast paced world. The thing that's interesting about about Quibi and Netflix, for that matter, a lot of the shows are written to deliberately cliffhang. So it's never supposed even the comedies like that are kind of serialized mm-hmm. they deliberately want you to hit next episode so you just right. you're a fucking rat pushing the cocaine button in that cage right. so it's like that's that's what they want but quibi's gonna need a flagship hit you know right you know and that and that's difficult especially at a time now where a lot of the sites are like they're just basically remixing existing ip Right. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much every streaming site is like, what do we have that we already own? Fuck it. <laughs> do a new one. Right. Yeah. Build on that for cheap and then start doing new ideas. So, you know, I don't know. But if they're going to come back, they're going to need content. So if you're listening mm-hmm. from Quibi, get at me. I or guess. Roku. Whoever. I would, I would love to see Roku yeah. like just take off as like suddenly a really successful streaming platform that like is up there with Netflix and uh quibi like all the big ass executives who put stake their career on quibi are just you know shit bricks <laughs> yeah somebody has to get fired yeah see get roy a check call it you know branded as roy coo you know what i mean <laughs> there you go i will accept that there's a <laughs> right there <laughs> let's go from uh really bad ideas to really bad ideas uh this is called these are uh some frat sickles that uh natty light is is creating i don't know i mean you, you guys tell me what you think so natural light has been like when I was in college that was the beer of choice because it was like four dollars for a 30 pack and they were just like trying to give it away uh basically and it tasted bad but like not so bad that it didn't get you drunk and since then they've apparently uh had some meetings where they're like what if we did like a fruity beer that like tasted youth like culture, youth culture youth, youth culture youth don't uh, not, this ain't your uncle's beer yeah it's your nan it's your <laughs> nanny's beer now <laughs> i've also been on some rfps from natty light where they're like trying to like brand themselves in an ironic way it's right ugly. it's real weird and they had um, some weird like pr campaigns for, like internships and things like that but yeah they're th- this all their their first thing was like this natter days shit there's like their fruity beer oh. that has strawberry lemonade or pineapple lemonade it's like okay fine whatever it's, i guess it's popular enough i've never had it it definitely sounds like a better idea than those like sweet tea truly seltzers, which I've had one of and immediately thought I was being poisoned. Um, <laughs> and now they have turned this into an 8% ABV popsicle, which right. sounds like a well dangerous development. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, anytime you make alcohol easy to consume and f- anytime you make alcohol fun to consume. Yeah. Like stupid bendy straws or those long New Orleans <laughs> right. hurricane cups that look like right. a fucking long ass water t- air traffic control tower, the long nets. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you're gonna get into some trouble. Right. Like you're gonna you're gonna get into some trouble. Yeah. Um, like I mean, like there was um, four loco beforehand for loco got everybody off the crazy colors but you know like i came up with 
like Mad Dog 2020 and right. all of that shit and all of that. Like there's Barton James. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just fruity or it's St. Ives, the little right. fruity cooler cocktail joints or whatever. Isn't Natty Light like PBR's more refined cousin that like finished community college and is like, you know, a well-respected beer, but also a beer that exudes shot, 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 shots. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would, I don't know that it finished community college necessarily, but uh, <laughs> it definitely but lied it about community college. Yeah, it college. definitely told their parents that they went they to community They were going to college. <laughs> and um, didn't tell their parents they were just sleeping in the car of a grocery store near the campus <laughs> during class and yeah. then would drive back and say class was good. Yeah. Yeah. And PBR told him so and said, you should have never lied. You should have just never went. <laughs> right. so, what do you know? These are made like they they might have had a like excess packaging at the uh, at the popsicle factory. Like these look exactly like things that my three year old and four year old would be right. so hyped to get their hands on. Oh yeah, yeah this is right if they were candy cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, the old school. How quickly the candy cigarettes we... still gave you cancer? What's yeah. the over under on stories where a bunch of kids have found their kids natter days, their parents natter days <laughs> popsicles, and God just bent out of shape yeah. off of them? Like, I don't, right. I, I feel like it's very quick. Cause I, when looking at it, I had to look very closely to be like, where does it say this is alcohol? Like, right. when you look at the red, the packaging. But yeah, like you're saying, Roy, making it easier to consume, I think is like this, like, cause now we're going back to childhood where the popsicle is like, yes, I got a popsicle. And now we're adding alcohol to that experience. I don't know if there's another level that will inspire more childlike excitement than the popsicle. They look like the squeezable yogurt tubes. I give my boy. Yes. Right. Yeah. The gogurts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This shit looks like gogurt. And I don't want him having some natty light. <laughs> sending him out the door to four year old pre-K. <laughs> that's not like good. Mr. Wood we found something in your child's lunchbox uh, <laughs> just filled to the brim with natter days pops <laughs> wait what <laughs> those gogurts yeah also like people aren't gonna actually freeze these I mean like responsible people will freeze these but this just gives you a faster way to to drink natter days I'm assuming and get drunk yeah. off of natter days yeah, I mean, I don't really know how cool you look pulling one of these out of the cooler. That's a natter day, bro. Yeah. Pass me a Check popsicle. the meat on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> Are you yeah. grilling meat? Who wants a popsicle, boy? Frat, Frat Brothers sucking on popsicles is a funny image to me. <laughs> just replace all these party scenes with just Frat right. Boys just eating these popsicles and shit. Yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do they a, a popsicle stand, doing the linking arms no. thing, but just sucking on a popsicle for like they forty-five would freeze seconds. Them and sit on them and put them up their ass. Like <laughs> yeah. there, would, there would be some sort of ass shot, right? Remix with a pop, like whatever the beer funnel. What was that when people were dying a couple years ago from? Yeah, the, butt chugging. Yeah, butt chugging. This will mm -hmm. be the new butt chugging. Oh mm -hmm. right, it's just make a frozen butt plug. Like mm -hmm. by like melting together like fifty of them things and be like, can you handle the mega plug of Natter Days? And you're like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> my insides are freezing. <laughs> like that's the point, bro. Maybe this will bring bring back Bros Ice and Bros though, which is oh, you know, yeah. 
Just I leave feel like only we hope. just given someone. You, you should add a disclaimer right there because I feel like we just gave someone an idea. Yeah, and they're gonna take that to the front. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daily Zeitgeist is not responsible for any uh, for the mega plug for the mega for, plug <laughs> for for any uh, anal ingestion uh, rectal, related yeah, rectal consumption of this ice <laughs> rectal consumption. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, old people fashion. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal. That that's my source for all fashion right. news is the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. But this article is kind of fun. There's it's like a uh, fashion blogger talking about this trend where like the, a lot of fashion photographers and like Instagrams are like there there are these really popular uh, feeds of just old person fashion, but like the shit is like really cool looking. Like the stuff the old people are wearing in these pictures. And, you know, the theory is basically that they are picking the coolest shit from their archive of, like, decades old clothes and just authentically wearing whatever, you know, brings them joy. And they're, like, ignoring whatever, you know, young people are chasing and just creating these wild-ass mixes of color. Yeah, yeah, and like mi- ignoring that, like makes them. It's like the Marge Simpson scene where she's like, "Does it, I'm so not cool that maybe I am cool?" And the kids are like, "Nah, I think that has <laughs> finally come true for for the elderly." Is this like because uh, I've also seen accounts where clearly somebody's just dressing up a grandparent in their own clothes and being right. like, "Yo, hype beast grandpa with the supreme drip." Uh, which is like, okay, like I see the novelty of that, but like, are these, so you're just saying these are the most swagged out elderly people legitimately digging into their own fashions. That's Cause the, I'm dubious sometimes when I that's see the people claim, the right? That these are all, uh, old people who they just caught in the wild wearing dope shit. Okay. It gives us hope. Isn't that the point? Is that the point? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not really a fashion guy. Like, I just kind of, I don't really care about clothes until it's time to be on television, which right. is probably mm. not the best time to be scrambling. <laughs> Five seconds before. shit together. Yeah. I, yeah I, <laughs> I literally, I literally emailed your producer 20 minutes before this show began. And I said, hey, man, is this video or fucking audio? Do I have to wear a shirt for this shit? Uh, how do I need to brush my hair? Like, that's, right. that's where I am now. Yeah. I, the, the, the pictures are dope. I mean, the people look great. And it, it also really, really shows, like, that I think these old people know that, like, they're just not like, oh, you caught me in my magenta and aquamarine blazer. Today? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they're dressing you up. You knew you was fly when you left the fucking oh, house. Oh, for right, sure. Right, right, You didn't know you were getting a picture taken. Right. But old people are the ones who will, like, dress up for a flight while, you know, right. younger people are the ones you're more likely to see with socks and sweatpants on. Yeah. I remember my grandfather, he wore a suit. There was this uh, burger place on Crenshaw called Eat a Burger, and it was designed like a 50s car hop place. And it was really cool. And everybody was like, oh, Eat a Burger's opening up. This motherfucker wore a suit to go get a burger when, when I was a kid. And I remember being like, what the fuck? And th- I think there is just this generational thing where i'm like you roy where i wear this the same version of that same outfit pretty much infinitely where i don't have it in me i don't have the mind to dress up for things as much as i see you know i guess other people who respect going out or something i don't know what it is 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I know a lot of that. It's old habits from stand-up comedy and places that didn't demand that I dress up. So mm. there's that. But I don't know. Fat, good fashion. I respect it enough to know that I don't have the attention span required to do it well. Mm-hmm. You have to shop at a level that I don't have the time for. And then you have to put your outfit together and exit it with this and this. <laughs> and I just don't have the time to think, man. For I you, don't. what's the highest point of fashion for you personally, Roy? That you, when you say, oh, shit, I'm, <laughs> I'm dressing up today. Well, we went to the Emmys. I got a custom tuxedo. Okay. okay. That's fair. I mean, when that's... The Daily Show, when the Daily Show was nominated at that time, I got a really nice tuxedo from the homie Rich Fresh. Nice. That's probably where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get right for this. Right. My first hour special, bro, I bought all that shit in Macy's. There you go. Like, it wasn't like, like everybody else I know. I mean, custom, you get the drip, and then I get the <laughs> shoes from Italy, and then I get my socks from Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vancouver has the best Macy's. socks. Yeah. I, I did it. Macy's on 34th. I got all that shit between two floors. There you, there you go. go. <laughs> <Cold> outfit. <laughs> socks from Vancouver. The best outfits in this article are these, this elderly couple who own a laundromat and like, put together these amazing outfits using shit their clients leave behind. But th- that is definitely one where you can tell that they've got a, either they have like the most just cutting edge fashion sensibility or they have like a consultant. But like the big thing that they're doing is they're, you know, uh, most laundromats are also tailoring locations and they're tailoring all the fits to like look really good on them, which that's, that's the key. I think mm-hmm. pretty dope though. <laughs> all right real quick speaking of award shows i do want to talk about uh the plan for this year's oscars i hadn't really heard of this but so um they're being helmed by uh steven Soderbergh, uh the guy who oh. made contagion so the pandemic oscars are being made by the guy who made contagion uh they're saying it won't Fitting. feel like a tv award show it will feel like you're watching a movie uh, the presenters will be playing versions of themselves working from scripts, which I don't, I mean, that's true of all award shows, I guess. I wish I would get nominated for a fucking award. And then the award show tells me I got to do all of this extra <laughs> shit right? to lose right? and right. then lose. So you're playing Come on, a character. Who, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's just very strange. Like, so it seems like this idea was approved by somebody who, knew that Soderbergh had made like Ocean's Eleven and Contagion, like all his successful commercial movies and wasn't aware of like all the really experimental shit that he's made that like audiences were like, no thanks. Like full frontal. A lot of people haven't seen that. That's like got I missed that Julia one. Roberts and yeah, everybody missed that one. But it's very strange, experimental, like 14 different characters, nothing really makes sense. And he yeah, it's a, he's he's just going very like in a in a very strange direction with this that this is the first Oscars I'm going to watch just because for the nightmare watching, aspect. Yeah, for the like <laughs> this is going this could be totally fucking off the rails. I think it's going to be either all good or all bad. Like right. it's either going to work and you're like fuck man that i guess shooting it in 24 frames per second really did I, give us some cinematic feel or it's just going to be like pretty fun 
Anything's better than seeing nine people in the Zoom chat and eight of them are sad right. and right. there's one person <laughs> grinning. Right. Like holding a they face got like the trophy. Yeah, it's then. like, eh. Uh, uh, that's what i like that there's there's no so and this one has absolutely no zoom anything right like no, that's nobody, the whole point of this one he when he agreed to do it which is kind of a weird move for the guy who made contagion like researched all pandemics and shit he said i will do this if it's agreed that there are going to be absolutely no people allowed on zoom uh and they agreed to that and so mm. yeah they did they did create hubs for people in like europe to go to uh, so that they wouldn't kill Anthony Hopkins. Hubs. Yeah, there's like a UK <laughs> hub and a other European a UK hub. UK Oscar distribution hub. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a seemed like a lot of trouble to go through to not give black movies the rewards <laughs> they deserve. All right, yeah, we'll see. It will. Yeah, we will <laughs> see. The last time they tried to go high concept. And like gave the Oscars over to like a, a visionary, it was a real disaster. Um, well, I can tell you now, ain't no, ain't no black movies gonna win now because that Chauvin trial, they like black people, we gave you your <laughs> yep. W. The moral there licensing will continue, right? You get no trophies this month. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm a pessimist, yeah, yeah. And just to see it, I mean, again, with the, dr- the drama of a presenter being like. I don't know about this presentation, and I'm gonna say what, and the Oscar goes to or how do how do you mean to deliver that right, line, Stephen? Like, what is that? Gonna- how like what is the character they're playing that is not just them delivering an award speech? Like, is there gonna be like a spy theme where like think, or these people are just so you know thirsty to perform again that there's like okay we're gonna format it so right. the whole thing is a performance <laughs> right. baby right because mm-hmm. we haven't been able to get out there and just stretch our wings trust me if you come to this you will have you literally you will have to perform if you participate in these oscars um, now i need you to act like you just lost right. now act like you just won uh, <laughs> yes it's like, no. all right and you lost so uh, oh that was just an exercise yeah, uh please leave. <laughs> All right, Roy, it's been such a pleasure having you, man. Where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you? Uh, the podcast is Roy's Job Fair. Yeah, so yeah. just start there, and you can find me everywhere else if you find me in that spot. Another lesser daily show uh, than the Daily Zeitgeist you're, you're involved with, I hear. <laughs> 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 oh yeah and daily show at 11 o'clock weeknights at 11 uh-huh. and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying you know you know who i you know whose twitter i like i like lavar burton because lavar burton is coming through they finally fucking gonna give him a chance to host jeopardy so he can ascend to the job oh, that is go. right for him did they Good give it to him, him? so well, he's in the next batch of guest hosts. Good. I'll let you cover that on tomorrow's yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, yeah. He absolutely guest. deserved it. I knew we've done a lot. We've done a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, 420 Day Fiance, that podcast. If you want to talk 90 Day, that's where I'll be at. Some tweets that I like. First one is from at Reductress saying, promise me you'll at least think about it, says mom about some bullshit. Uh, which really does feel like it's like, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. 
more on that later. And then another one is from this guy, Scott, at Scott Sice, this comedian. He's been doing, like, somebody retweeted these videos that he does on TikTok where he's using the, what, like, the BGC drama format where the song plays, but it's always, it's like, it's like this dude who works at Ikea. So I'm just going to play a couple of them for you because it yeah. captures the rage of someone who has to work in retail so that perfectly. Was mine. <laughs> yeah, that was mine too. Working hard or hardly working? I'm hardly laughing. <laughs> I'm already at work. I don't have time for a second job pretending you're funny. <laughs> you tell me something I don't hear every day. Like, thank you. You should open up more <laughs> registers and who's going to work them? <laughs> think I'm the only one ringing you up because I called dibs? <laughs> those are so good so man impressive. i just they capture it so well and i love the use of that format because normally it's just for other shit but yes uh shout yeah. out to scott yeah. size yeah that was mine another one i liked is mike in tweeted it's crazy car insurance companies try to make you call the police after any accident yeah, sorry about the fender bender. Mine's sticking around until two wheezing psychos with guns show up. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and our website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you should go check out. Uh, Miles, what song is your recommendation for today. Just a nice little sample-based hip-hop, a little futuristic, a little bit of flavor. This is uh, from Med and Blue, who are on the production. And on the vocals, you have Mad Lib and Anderson Pack, uh, and it's called The Strip. And it's just got a nice, you know, futuristic vibe to it, but still is maintaining, like, that sort of old-school sample style. So uh, check this one out. It's a really fantastic track. It's called The Strip. So, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.